Hello and welcome to Tools to Create a Better Life with myself, Glenice Hughes. Thank you so much for listening in. I am so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with me and my radio show, uh, this is not my first rodeo. I mean, my first radio show. <laughs> I actually have been doing a radio show uh, since 2013, so if you have not listened in, you can go to however you're listening, uh, if it's iTunes or podcast app or Spotify or however, go and search The Glenice Show uh, and you will find all of those hundreds and hundreds of previous radio shows. And I would love to welcome you this, to this new radio show, Tools to Create a Better Life. And that really is what we're going to talk about each and every week. Different tools that you can use to create a better life. It's something that I hear around the world. I get to travel facilitating classes in so many beautiful countries, and it's always the same thing. I would just like a better life. And I thought, well, <laughs> I happen to have some tools for that. So many of the tools that I share are from Access Consciousness. You can go to accessconsciousness.com for more information about that. And of course, there's others. I have been uh, in, in this journey, uh, on this journey, since 2002, when I took my very first Reiki class. Prior to that, I was a psychiatric nurse. Uh, really didn't have any experience with energy that I was aware of, really kind of thought what I saw in front of me uh, was real, <laughs> and this was it. And I mean, I had pretty much created a life. It was an okay life. There was nothing, say, wrong with it. And it was nothing like I actually have created now. Uh, so yeah, it's an amazing journey, and I'm so grateful that we have these tools to assist us and so that we know something else is possible. And that's really the target of, of this show. And honestly, the target of everything that I do is to let people know that there's always something else possible. No matter where you're at in life, if it's really, really, really shitty, or if it's really, really, really awesome, or somewhere in between, there's always more that's possible and you actually can create it, which I know is maybe a foreign concept for some of you. It was for me. I really just kind of thought life happened and not that great, but it happened. And then I started again studying different modalities starting in 2002 and was really invited to look at being the creator of my life. And as the creator of my life, what would I like? What would I like to be creating? What, what would I like to be experiencing? And then it became where I actually had choice. And maybe it was more that I was aware that I had choice, that I could actually start choosing different things. I could choose, instead of struggle with money, I could choose to have money. Instead of um, unhappy relationships, I could choose happy relationships. Instead of constant judgment of myself, I could choose to be kind to me. There were so many different choices that were available 
that once I became aware of them, once I was aware that I, it was up to me to choose them, then it was like baby step almost. And sometimes it felt like I, you know, didn't take baby steps and I was running. And sometimes I felt like I was going backwards and, you know, and, and still to this day, I mean, every day is part of that creation. Every day I get to choose and I don't just get to choose once a day. I get to choose all day, every day. So we will be discussing so much more of that in the shows to come. For now, this show, what I really wanted to share with you was what I call the tool that gave me my life back. And so what was occurring for me back in 2004 is when it started, and I was having um, like panic attacks, anxiety, when I was in a vehicle if someone else was driving. Uh, unless it was my husband, Rodney, who I call Hubby. Uh, so that's how you will hear me reference him. Some people think that's his first name. It is not. It is actually Rodney. Uh, but so if it was myself or Hubby driving, I could handle it. But anybody else, it was absolutely traumatic. And it just started, I would say, out of the blue one day. And it was actually when I was driving myself. I was downtown in a big city. There was lots of traffic. And I just kind of out of nowhere... I just started to panic and I just, it took everything for me not to open the door and get out, which would have been really dangerous and silly. And I'm grateful I was able to talk myself off of that. But from that moment, it continued and it continued and it continued and it got worse and it got worse and it got worse. And when I started actually listening to a radio show about the tools from Access Consciousness in 2011, that was the start of me changing it because what it gave me was the tool I'm going to share with you guys today and it's something called who does this belong to which is where we start acknowledging that we are not just us we are infinite beings with infinite awareness so we can be aware of other people in the room we can be aware of other people in the city, in the country, in other countries. And I'm even going to go as far as say we can be aware of people in other lifetimes. So we are these awareness, 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 um, you know, SpongeBob's, we could say, where we're just so taking it on and we've bought the lie that it's ours. So when I was having that panic attack, it never occurred to me to consider that that wasn't mine. Because uh, one, I'd never heard of the concept before. And two, it sure as fuck felt like mine. It was so real in my body. And what occurred was I was aware of it somewhere, somewhere it was occurring for somebody, whether it was somebody also driving nearby or somewhere else, it doesn't matter. And what then occurred is I took it on, but once... I took it on as mine, I kept asking for more of it, obviously not co cognitively, but energetic, All, every worry that I had about it. Every time I got in the vehicle, like, is this going to happen again? It was an energy of asking for more of it. So I started solidifying it in my body and my life started getting very, very small. And what was occurring is that we couldn't travel, well, I couldn't uh, travel comfortably with someone else driving for more than 10 minutes. 
Uh, I kind of knew that at my 10 minute mark, it was probably if they stopped at a light, I would probably jump out. Again, not safe. I was aware of that. So when we would travel, which is not the travel we do now, uh, but back then we would go say to Mexico once a year or something, I would have to find a resort or a condo within 10 minutes of the airport. Now, if you wanna talk about <laughs> exhausting, that's exhausting. Or once you get on the trip, being so scared, it might happen again when you're in any vehicle. Again, exhausting. And when I learned about the concept of who does it belong to, I really got it. Like it really made sense to me because I was looking at other things that had went on in my life and other, you know, even different thoughts I had of people or experiences. And like, I was aware that some of them were crazy. <laughs> and also I think because the panic started so oddly, like it was just so out of the blue. It wasn't something that I'd been dealing with for a long time. It just, it was just one day, boom, it was there. And so then I started using that tool and all you do is whenever you have something come up that isn't what you'd like to be uh, feeling or thinking about is just in your head, you don't have to do it out loud, who does that belong to? And then it'll lighten up, which means it is not yours. And then all you have to do is say, return it to sender with consciousness. And what that will do is it'll send it right back to the very first person whoever chose that. So it's probably not even in this lifetime, but it's going right back to that person who chose it way back then with the consciousness attached. So if they would like to change it, they can. And it is none of our business if they choose to. So we just send it back, return to sender with consciousness attached and away it goes. And then that person can choose to do with it what they wish. And it really is honestly, the tool that gave me my life back because I started using it. The other thing is that in June of 2011, hubby and I took our first access bars class. So then we were running bars with each other on a regular basis, still to do to this day. Uh, and I know that that contributed so, so, so much. And I never really worked on it. I'm using air quotes, worked on it um, to fix it. Because by that time, I'd had so many years with it and I'd tried so many different modalities with it that I was sure it was here to stay because it hadn't changed. So, and I'd done all the work. So I wasn't trying to change it so much. I was using the tools for everything in my life. I was um, getting my bars ran on a regular basis. And then one day I woke up and I realized it was gone. It was gone. And then I was a little bit like, hmm, could this really be? And uh, tried it out a few times on smaller trips. And then the big, the big one was in August of 2012 when I was going to Costa Rica to my very first Access Consciousness Certified Facilitator training. And they were uh, where, where we landed and where the class was, I needed a two-hour uh, vehicle ride, car ride, uh, to the resort. And that was a real test, I will tell you. <laughs> and what I kept telling myself, and even right from the moment we left the house, and I said to hubby, if once we get to the airport, I ask you to turn around and go home and I don't get out, just do it. 
don't ask questions, just do it. Cause there was, there was a lot like, oh my gosh. And so he's like, okay. And he dropped me off and I was crying and, and he was just wanting to really fix it. And it was like, no. Then I got on that airplane and I got in that car and every step of the way I was telling myself, I can just turn around and go home. I can just turn around and go home. And I'm so grateful because I didn't need to. Once I got in that car and I, it was just ease. It was the most ease two hour trip ever uh, at that point. And it just got better and better and better to the, to the, where we're at now, which is hubby and I travel the world. I am constantly in other vehicles, other people, yeah, I guess other vehicles, but also other people driving. I'm in Ubers, I'm in taxis, I'm on trains and the tube station. I mean, there's ever, and none of it, none of it do I have that. Now, the thing is, I'm still aware of that energy so that I can, I can perceive it, but I don't have to make it mine anymore. Soon as I perceive it, like, hey, you know what? Return to center with consciousness attached because I know it's not mine. And this to me is, is the biggest step for like with using who does it belong to is to ensure that you are using it all the time. A lot of times when people come to classes and, and I will say to them, if you could have anything out of this, what would it be? And they will say, I want to stop judging. And I will say to them, I'm sorry, you're at the wrong class. <laughs> Which then they will look at me like scared that they've like, what have they done? What have they signed up for? Because uh, they really, you know, want to stop judging. And what I then explain is that you've never judged. None of us have ever judged. But what we are is we're aware of the judgment on the planet. And then what we do is we play with it. So let's say you have a fight with a friend and you go home and you're just so mad at them and they did this and they did that and they need to think about it and they're, you know, like all of that stuff. Is that even yours? How many people on the planet are in that they have to be right energy? I'll give you a hint. It's most people. <laughs> so even when you can say, no, Glenice, this has to be mine because look at the situation it's still not yours. So we're turning it to sender with consciousness attached and then stop, like recognize that that judgment isn't yours. Return to sender with consciousness and then stop. And every time it comes up, return to sender with consciousness. Now in the first day or two after a fight, you might, it might come up a hundred times. Return to sender with consciousness attached. It is not yours. Your only job is to recognize it's not yours and then to return it to sender with consciousness. And I know it sounds maybe like a daunting task. <laughs> like you would have to take a week off work to do this tool because this is a lot of work. But guess what? Pretending that judgment is yours is way more work. I promise you, my sweet friend, it is way more work. And if this sounds like maybe it's a little bit too weird or different or strange, try it anyway. <laughs> like, honestly, if you're listening to this show to create a better life, try it anyway. And for those of you who've been listening for a long time and have been hearing me talk about this tool for years, keep 
doing it. <laughs> Keep doing it. And you might need to set a timer and actually access consciousness. It has a free app called Who Does This Belong To that you can download and it'll go off. I think you can set it for every minute or every 10 minutes or something like that. You know, do whatever it takes to remind yourself it is not yours. Because it's not yours. That money worry, not yours. That stress about the job, not yours. None of it. The pain in your body, not yours. <laughs> and I know, I know, believe me, I'm not sure that in the moment that I was in the very first kind of anxiety stuff, that anybody could have convinced me otherwise. And that's cool. That's cool. But the more that I used it, the more that I recognized that so much wasn't mine. And again, to start with, I didn't even use it on that, on that anxiety because I didn't have the comprehension that that could possibly not be mine. So the more that you just try it on the, maybe the kind of the things that don't seem that big, the more you'll get the sense of how much it can actually work and what you can actually create with it. Because if you're going into, let's say you're going to go into a discussion with somebody you did have a fight with, and now it's time to talk about it and, and maybe resolve some things. If you go in without buying the lie that that's yours, like that any of that crazy is yours, you're going to be present. You're going to be kind to you and to them. You're going to be aware. And you're going to create way more than if you walk in totally uh, filled up with it being yours and that they're wrong and you have to be right and this is just stupid and like all of that. There's a totally different energy that you can be that then can contribute to changing whatever it is you're discussing. Or even with, uh, you know, I work with a lot of parents and so parents and their stuff with kids, I mean, oh my God, you parents, I don't have children myself, but you parents, you guys are hard on yourself. And then the kids, they're like little manipulators of magnitude. And don't worry, you are too. I'm not saying just the kids are. And you were a kid once too. But these are the little manipulators. So they know. They know how to get you to feel guilty and how to feel bad and how to, you know, not want to be seen as a bad parent. They know what they're doing. And all the while you're playing with that energy of you're bad and you're wrong and you've done something and they're going to hate you. Like all of that. You're never going to be present with the manipulator of magnitude you've got in front of you. So instead, if you just keep returning that stuff to sender with consciousness, like, yeah, okay, so you know what? If you do have, like, a, you know, let's say you snap at your kid uh, as you're getting ready in the morning and you feel like, oh, afterwards, like, oh, my God, that was horrible. I shouldn't have done that. Like, you can acknowledge, like, hey, that didn't create greater or that was mean or whatever. You can, that's fine. But then take action to change it. It's just that often what we do is we go there, oh my gosh, that was wrong, and then we spin, and I shouldn't have done it, and it reminds you of the 10 other times you did it, and you then spin into how horrible you are and wrong you are, and they're going to hate you. And like, like, stop, acknowledge that it didn't create greater, take the action to change it, whatever that might be, it might be apologizing, it might be something else, and then move forward. <laughs> stop playing with the judgment, it is not yours, and... I'm going to burst your bubble, but you'll always be aware of judgment. You will always be aware of it. You are aware of everything. 
You are infinitely aware. So you're aware of it. Just don't play with it. Just let it come in, let it go out. And what I have found over the years is the more that I just do that, kind of let it come in, let it go out, and not make it significant, is that it isn't significant. So then it becomes where it's less and less the forefront. It's there, but I'm not, I'm not consumed with it. Whereas before, I would be so consumed with it. I would be so wrapped into it. I would be so wrong because I'm this horrible judgmental person and all of that stuff. It's like, no, no, what if we stop that? Like truly, what if we stop that? Because honestly, if we desire this planet to change, which I'm pretty sure if you'd like a better life, chances are you'd like a better life for you, for your family, for your friends, for the earth, you know, like it's not just about you, I'm pretty sure, and totally cool if it is, but like if we're all really looking at creating something different here, it starts with us choosing to stop playing in the judgment. Because that is just where the unconsciousness and the anti-consciousness on the planet thrive. So the less power that you give it, the better life that you will create, which will then ripple out to your family, to your friends, to your community, to your state, your province, your country, to the earth, to the entire world and beyond which, I mean, I often daydream about, and by daydream, I mean, I, the way that I do it is I wonder. So I wonder what it would be like to never play with judgment as though it was mine. I wonder what it would be like for every one of us to never play with judgment as though it's ours. And then what will occur is that there will be less judgment to play with because we're not solidifying it. So even if, oh my gosh, at this point, like 10% of us didn't play with judgment as though it's ours, oh my gosh, how much change can that create on the planet? And then what if it was 20? And what if it was 30? Like what sort of planet could we have? Because judgment is what keeps war alive. Judgment is what keeps abuse alive. Judgment keeps all of those things that make you really uncomfortable to hear about. All of those things that you don't want to listen to the radio and hear about those stories. That's what keeps it alive is the judgment. So if you stop playing it as, with it as though it's yours and I stop playing with it as though it's mine, how much more can that contribute to the planet and also contribute to us creating a better life? And so I just wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder about all sorts of things. And it is a great place to play because the way that I see it is that our, our mind is like a two-year-old and it always have, has to have something to play with. So if your two-year-old is used to playing with uh, judgment and wrongness and drama and trauma, then you would like to change that. So you start taking those things out of your two-year-old's hands. You want to replace them with something. Because, you know, if you've ever dealt with a two-year-old, if you take a toy away, they're going to scream until they get it back. So give it something else. And so this is where you can wonder. So when you, you know, return to center with consciousness, and then you can wonder, 
Like, I wonder what it would be like to never play with judgment as though it's mine. Or you can wonder about all sorts of things. Like, I wonder what it would be like to have way more money this month than I never imagined possible. Or I wonder what it would be like to have the most delicious, orgasmic sex with whoever tonight. Like, you can wonder about anything you'd like to wonder about. Anything that you would like more of, start wondering about that. Because often what we're doing is we're wondering the exact opposite. <laughs> we put a lot of thought into, well, why aren't I, you know, having yummy orgasmic sex? Or why don't I have enough money this month? We're putting all of our energy into that instead of, I wonder what it would be like to have whatever it is you would like. Because whatever you wonder about, you will get more of. So cognitively start wondering about the things you would like more of to create the better life that you're, you're asking for. Okay, so there is a tool and some other ones wrapped up in there also. And so this show is a little bit different. This show is going to be different in length. I'm never sure how long it's going to be, uh, and we may or may not take breaks. I mean, there's, there's just so many things that we're not sure about just yet. We wonder about with this show, so we're, we're playing with all sorts of possibilities, but I did want to get this one out there and get a sense of, you know, what, what is possible to create a better life? What are the tools that, that you can be using now to be creating that better life? And again, if you missed the first part, uh, I do have six years of radio shows. Just go and search The Glenice Show. You can also find it on my webpage, which is glenicehughes.com, G-L-E-N-Y-C-E-H-U-G-H-E-S.com. And there's a section called Radio Show, and all of them are there, including these new ones, and, um, or on iTunes or podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. You can find The Glenice Show there. Uh, and... Otherwise, I look forward to chatting with you each and every week. Thanks so much for listening in, guys.